Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to The Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa DeMattis-Lapore and Ann Baldwin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Connection. I am Ann Baldwin, one of your hosts, and Lisa DeMattis-Lapore, president and CEO of The Connection. Good Good morning. You haven't been here in a while. I missed you. I, know. I was sick, and now you're sick. I am. I'm actually on the upswing of what has just been horrifying. I know. Like it's it's just weird. All these different stages, and then you start with the cough, and I had bronchitis. Wow. I know. I've never had more sinus infections in this year since June. I, I think I was on five or six bouts of antibiotic, and then it turned into bronchitis, like super quickly. Wow. Well, we're glad that you're better. We're glad that you're back. Thank you. I hope you feel better. Oh, I feel fine. You know, I feel fine. And, you know, it's one of those things. You know, when you are, you know, running a business, there's no time to be sick. We're always working. And maybe that's part of the problem is we don't take the time to get better. Well, do as I say, not as I do. Right. Take care of yourself. Rest. Drink a lot of fluid. Get to sleep. Blah blah blah. Which we never do. No, we don't. That's just not our in our DNA. It is not. Or our personalities, or any of that. It's called Type A. Type A, of course. Type A plus. Listen, I've got some exciting news. So I know that you heard the segment with Daryl McGraw. I did. And Daryl is the gentleman who opened up his own recovery home. He took his own money, and he bought a home. And he opened it up to people who, um, you know, are coming out of incarceration or, you know, are seeking recovery and, you know, homelessness, really, addressing that issue on his own. But he's also got, you know, the expertise behind him. So we got a letter from a listener, and I got it here at my office. And if any of you ever want to send us mail, you can reach uh, myself personally. Uh, My email is ann at baldwinmedia.net. Um, also you can, you know, send it to my office, my Baldwin media office and we'll get it. So that's where this was sent. It says, Anne, I heard the connection on Sunday, September 16th. I was very impressed by the work that your guest is doing that of Daryl McGraw, please forward to him the enclosed card so that he can use it for the residents of the house that he runs. Thank you. Unsigned. Oh, wow. And I just get goosebumps. I opened this up. First of all, I was excited because the first thing that fell out was a Dunkin' Donuts card. And I'm like, oh, my God, somebody sent me a Dunkin' Donuts card. And then I read the letter, and it's for Daryl, as it should be. So um, this is a $50 Dunkin' Donuts wow. card that one of our listeners was so motivated by the good work that um, one of your colleagues is doing at The Connection and wanted to make sure that this goes to the program. So That's so fantastic. In complete transparency, and for the record, even though you can't see it, I am in the midst of handing the $50 Dunkin' Donuts gift card from our very generous um, listener over to Lisa and Beth so that they can make sure that it 
it gets to where it needs to we be. We will. We'll. That's so wonderful. Thank you, whoever you are that sent that. We are grateful that you listened to our show, and we're very grateful that you donated this for a worthy cause, and I'll make sure that Daryl gets it. So thank you so much. Yes. Isn't that awesome? It is. And, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because as a person in recovery myself, um, coffee and recovery are kind of one and the same. You know, that's like a big service that you do if you go to a meeting. You that's can right. make coffee. But coffee's always served. I, You know, I don't remember ever in my life having a cup of coffee, ever. Really? Never. Huh. Isn't that weird? Maybe that's part of my problem. But it's all good now. So <laughs> let's get to our guest. Um, we're very, very um, excited to have Jessica Smith, who's the Deputy Chief of Clinical Development and Operations for the Connection Center for Behavioral Health. Um, because you've got some really interesting, innovative services that you're offering. So, Jessica, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jessica. I'm excited to have you, Jessica, on the show today. Jessica comes with a lot of um, experience, and um, she is really known, I think, you are known, Jessica. You're popular throughout the state for the amazing work that you've done. Um, I, she served as a co-leader for the Demas Women Service Practice Collaborative, which was created to review best practices for treating women through a trauma-informed lens. She also participated in the Practice Transformation Network, which provided support to newly designated federally qualified health providers. And she enjoys streamlining operations and creating best practices for a behavioral health program. Um, this translates to designing and implementing policies with the overall goal, goal of increasing collaboration across programs, increasing staff and client satisfaction, and overall quality care that we deliver to our clients. And it also points to, doesn't it, Lisa, and, and thank you again for being on the program, you've really had to change the way we look at services. You know, we always talk about meeting the client where they're at, mm -hmm. literally. Jessica, one of the things that you're really engaged in is outpatient services. That's right. So first, I want to say thank you for having me and giving me the opportunity to talk about some of the things we're doing. Um, it is outpatient, so it means that patients have a choice. They have a choice in terms of who they select, who they want to partner with in their recovery. And so outpatient depends on engagement and people feeling well enough, uh, sort of well enough in their recovery to get to the appointment but also good enough about the uh, space that they're receiving their treatment services in and the people they're receiving their services from. So a lot of our energy has been focused around that lately. So Jessica, um, we're excited to announce that we're going to be having open access at our clinic. So do you want, can you talk about that and what exactly what that means? Sure. Uh, open access, it essentially means we're here for you when you're ready. So instead of the traditional model in healthcare where you call up, you're feeling uh, pretty lousy. You know, you get to a certain point where it's like, I know I need help. Um, sometimes something really big has happened in your life. Um, sometimes we have individuals reach out from the hospital or they reach out at a critical point in terms of having um, experienced some pretty negative consequences of their addiction they reach out and they want help, and then we schedule them an appointment to do their full intake assessment. We learn a little about them, we make a diagnosis, we match them to treatment, and we get them started. But based on demand, we can end up scheduling out, say, a week, and people shouldn't have to wait. So instead of scheduling an appointment, open access means that for designated hours, five days a week, over at our 900 Chapel Street location in New Haven, 
you can walk in and we will assess you same day. How, how can you do that, Lisa? I mean, I mean, that sounds like, sounds great, but it also sounds like, you know, logistically, and so anybody can, can walk in, be evaluated, as you said, same day services. Um, why is that such an important model and how can the connection pull something like that off? We have a great team of providers. Um, I talked a little bit earlier about, you know, who you receive your services from is really important. How you feel about the space you receive them in and the, the, uh, how much you trust your providers, how engaging they are. We have a wonderful team over at Chapel Street. So they worked together to come up with a schedule so that our team of eight clinicians and two supervisors, two medication management providers, and our associate director work together with the front desk to ensure a process where people can walk in, provide basic demographic information, insurance information, fill out some pre-screening tools, and be seen by a therapist for the full intake assessment. And then we don't have our calendars full of intake appointments booked out a week or so. We actually have more time in the calendar to see you sooner for your first appointment as well. Now, I heard you say the word insurance. Mm. So is that one of the prerequisites to be able to walk in and get same-day service, if you will? No, we'll ask a series of questions regarding any coverage that you have. So any entitlements that you do have, we want to know about them and we'll work with you. We accept all kinds of insurance. We do accept Medicaid and Medicare. However, uh, we do have a sliding fee scale as well. So the ability to pay should not be a barrier if uh, individuals come with information regarding their current financial situation, we do offer a sliding fee scale. And if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Jessica Smith. She's the Deputy Chief of Clinical Development and Operations for the Connection Center for Behavioral Health. And what we're talking about here, Lisa and Jessica, really is, you know, you talked about the evaluation. Um, some of these folks might need some th psychotherapy, um, perhaps, you know, relapse. Right. Relapse prevention. I mean, I can see that myself. There's been a few days I probably would have walked through those doors if I knew they were open. You know, group therapies, medication management, um, and all this being done on an outpatient basis. Right. So it just, it, it's more approachable, I would think, and more, do you know, I know you've got measurements, do you know if it works yet? Outpatient um, is really an important component of folks getting better, um, you know, it's a level of treatment that, you know, we believe is really helpful, especially for people who, um, you know, are working and are managing other components in their life. You know, outpatient seems to work, but also outpatient, you know, recovery and other issues that people deal with is sometimes a lifelong process, right? Mm -hmm. And or sometimes it's something comes up in your life and you need to work through it. So to have the ability to walk into a space, as Jessica said, that's, you know, comfortable and appealing and you have um, excellent staff qualified to see you, it really works for, for folks. So for some folks, it's ongoing. For other people, it could be time limited. Depends what you're dealing with and what the issues are. And we do see individual couples and families also. And, you know, you just never know. You never know what goes on in life. And, I mean, I you know, I don't want to move this conversation in another direction, but I got to tell you, just since I've seen you last, Lisa, um, here's a little story for you, Jessica, is um, we decided we're going to go on vacation to Maine. My fiancé and I and my elderly father. We got a nice place, nothing fancy, ocean view, 
Um, we get there after four hours from Connecticut to our place in Maine, up the stairs, Bill and I go unload everything, go to the grocery store. Dad's at the beach, by the way, we check in. We're there for two hours. He's on the beach, you know, reminiscing, having the time of his life, drinking beers, has to go to the bathroom, goes to the bathroom up by the place we're staying near the pool, comes back and goes, well, that was interesting. I said, what happened? He said, well, the bathroom door was locked next to the pool, so I opened the door next to that, and I went in a bucket. I said, really? And a girl walked in. So he comes back down to the beach. Long story short, next thing you know, I see the girl looking at people's faces. She sees my dad. She's on the phone. I said, what happened? She goes, nothing. The police are on the way. Four cop cars come. Interview my dad and tell us you're out of here. The girl said that run the place, you're out of here. Wouldn't let us stay because my dad went to the bathroom in a bucket because he couldn't hold it, but he should never have gone in the bucket anyway. So then we had to pack all our stuff up. While the police watched and there was a big scene and drive four hours home in silence. You talk about a trigger. You talk about, boy, needing somebody you could walk in and talk to somebody. The day It was like, okay, so you just never know. I mean, I laugh about it now, but it wasn't funny, and it really isn't that funny. But life gets in the way sometimes, really. People just need support services. They need, they need something. So I know that's a little bit off topic, but it's always, you know, I'm going to write a book someday. You can't make this stuff up. That's the story of our book. So, yeah, I hear you. You can't make this stuff up. So what are you seeing down there so far, uh, Jessica, as far as who's coming through those doors? I mean, it was not that long ago right there on the green near you. That's right. Um, we had all those overdoses. I mean, national news story, all those people who got tainted something uh, and that you, not overdoses, you call it poisoning. Correct. So, you know, it's not just there, it's everywhere, right? It's everywhere that you need these services. And Chapel Street is one of your locations, but you've got other ones as well? We do. Jessica, do you want to talk about our locations? Sure. Uh, we have our 900 Chapel Street location, which, as you mentioned, is right on the green in New Haven. So we're really accessible. Uh, the space itself is really beautiful. Um, it's very convenient right on the bus line. And now with open access, we feel like we can provide that immediate assistance. We also have a location in Norwich, Old Saybrook, Groton, Middletown, and Meriden. Correct. Good job. That's a lot of locations. But, you know, that's the other thing, accessibility. People, I feel, aren't going to, you know, hop on a bus or hop on, you know, in a car and travel. If you want to go, you want to go, and you want to go now. Mm -hmm. And some of the other things that we talk about, Jessica, really are um, focusing on the solutions. Let's go back to my father's story. Okay, so we know what the problem is, okay? He's older, and he's just where he's at in life. So that is the problem. But what's the solution? And that's what you focus on really in this, in this therapy, isn't it? isn't it? Yeah, so we take a solution-focused approach to all problems. Um, we are really, we're patient-centered and we are strength-based in the sense that we're going to work with the things that any individual person has that are working for them. We're not going to try to make changes that don't feel comfortable or are not realistic. Uh, so we look at the individual stage of change, you know, where they're at in terms of their recovery, what they're open to. Um, many times people who have a history of drinking are pretty sure they don't have a drinking problem for a really long time. But then we might have somebody walk through our doors who says, I absolutely am certain I have a problem, and I uh, recently had six months of recovery and relapsed. 
So people come to us at all phases and, uh, you know, in terms of their journey in their recovery, and we're ready for that. But the general approach all the time is solution-focused therapy. So we are looking at what someone comes through the doors, you know, presenting. What's the problem, as you said? We'll hear you. We want to understand that. But what we're going to engage with you on is generating solutions that are realistic and will work for you. And sometimes that solution might be medication, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It could be. Um, So we really do believe in medication in conjunction with therapy. Um, Our approach is to do a complete assessment uh, through that solution-focused lens, come up with a treatment plan that is comfortable for the patient and is, you know, like I said, realistic in terms of where they are in their, uh, sometimes in their disease and how much they know and understand about it and what they're willing to do. Medication can be a helpful component in that. We do have a team of, uh, our psychiatry team is two uh, providers, and we do have a MD who provides consultation and guidance on all cases. So we feel like we have a comprehensive team in that area. Medication is one component of it. Recently, we added medication-assisted treatment, which is Uh, For us, we are going to be prescribing buprenorphine for individuals with opioid use disorder, uh, which is really exciting because it is a very effective medication, and we are in the midst of a true healthcare epidemic. I've never heard of that medication before. What was the other one that's really commonplace? Uh, it's the the brand name is Suboxone, and others are, are prescribing methadone. Right. Is this different? I, I think, you know, medication-assisted treatment is a category of, of medications uh, that support uh, recovery from opioid use disorder for me and some for alcohol. For me, buprenorphine is incredibly effective because it allows the individual to be maintained in their community, have, have a lot more independence and autonomy, a lot more control over their own um, well-being, their engagement in therapy, there's a ton of research that supports its effectiveness, and we are seeing, we are actually finally starting to see a reduction, a very slow uh, leveling off of opioid use disorders, uh, deaths related to opioid use disorders. So there is some hope, and I, I can't help but believe that's because of the coordinated effort that all of the providers in Connecticut have made to address this aggressively and, and open their doors and provide comprehensive support, uh, like I said, during a health, a health epidemic. Um, we've got Narcan, uh, much more accessible than it ever was, which reverses the effects of overdose. And then combined with, you know, really good treatment options that are immediately available and buprenorphine, the state has been really supportive in opening up opportunities for providers to, uh, there's a series of steps that providers have to go through to uh, have people who can actually prescribe it, and they've been incredibly supportive providing technical assistance and the funds to go through that training and open up services so that there are more places offering buprenorphine, which can only help patients. So while we're not seeing a steep decline, we are seeing a leveling off in the number of deaths related to opioid use. So that's the cool. first time I've heard that in a long time. You know, mm-hmm. Lisa, I mean, we've been, we, we know about the epidemic, but Jessica, you know, that's the first time I've heard about leveling off. And I also like what you said, Jessica, it's about 
really the whole healthcare community coming together mm -hmm. um, because nobody can do this in isolation. Just like if you're in recovery, you can't do that and you can't get you can't get the program if you're if you're in isolation either. Mm -hmm. So, Lisa, you sit around those tables with those folks. I do. Um, they invite the connection to to be part of the decisions, to be part of how how you move all these issues forward. So that must do your heart good too to know that as a collaborative effort, you're all working together to make a notable difference here. I, you know, it's interesting because having worked in this you know field for so many years. Um, I'm seeing more collaboration now than ever before. And we're all in it for the same reason and purpose. We will see similar clients or sometimes the same clients. And um, the really the ability to sit together with other providers and support from Department of Mental Health and Addiction and Department of Public Health, et cetera. Uh, and of course, you know, state officials, we work closely uh, during this New Haven epidemic with uh, Tony Harp and other folks there. Uh, and your friend Brian Foley, um, he's a great guy too. Um, but we work together with folks and, you know, I think what we're seeing is that everyone, while all different providers have certain specialties, right, there's a lot of overlap. We're all here for the same reason to, you know, deal with this epidemic, work together, find solutions, and put our creative mind together and our services to make Connecticut a better place. So what's better than that? Right. And, you know, we've all seen, you know, budgets cut. We've seen everybody's had to pare down. Everybody's had to, you know, be more collaborative. Um, and while you hate to see a lot of these programs suffer cuts, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's also forced people into figuring out, you know, cost effectively, how can you kind of, you know, share resources, save dollars and be more effective because you're being, you know, your feet are being held to the fire. Prove it or lose it, right? Well, yes, in some ways. Okay. Um, but I, I do feel that the communication is flowing um, aggressively and productively. And so I think that for all of us in Connecticut, you know, we're, 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 we're able to, you know, do actually better work. Absolutely. Right. And it's the professionals that are around it and the professionals that are there. And it's so interesting. So let me ask you this, Jessica, the old reporter in me wants to know. So it's, you know, by, it's not by appointment now. It's, it's, you know, walk in same day. So is there ever a day where you guys are just sitting around? <laughs> I knew that would make you laugh. <laughs> well, I guess I'll have to let you know. Um, in my experience, once you get the word out, that is not a problem you have. So I hope I certainly hope that we are, you know, so busy that we are busting at the seams. That would be a wonderful thing. Um, so, we're so opening our doors to make sure yeah. we're available. And, again, the address is 900 Chapel Street. And if you want more information, you can um, either go to The Connections website, which is theconnectioninc.org, or there's also a helpline. And people can call that whether um, you need services, you're looking for access to someone you love for services, that number is 855-435-7955. And we'll give that number out again um, before we close out the show in, in just a few minutes. So, again, the number is 855-435-7955 or theconnectioninc.org. And for those folks who are uh, turning in, um, our, uh, the Connection Center for Behavioral Health Locations, again, are located in several areas throughout the state of Connecticut, Groton, Meriden, Middletown, New Haven, Norwich, and Old Saybrook. Right. So uh, what is the message, Jessica, that you kind of want to leave people with today? What is it that, that, you know, our listeners may need to know or think about or 
kind of, you know, as you knew you were going to be a guest on this program, what is it that you want to make sure resonates? Mm, what a great question. Thank you for that question. So I guess I want people to know that you don't have to know how it's going to work out. You know, you don't have to be able to see the end result, that we're here to partner with you to help you get through, and and it's there. Recovery is possible. I think so many times people are afraid to pick up the phone or walk through the door because they can't see the other side. They can't imagine a life without their drug of choice or a life without depression or a life without anxiety. Um, So I, I guess I just want folks to know that we're here and you don't have to know every single step of the way. We don't either. We want to partner with you and create a customized plan for your recovery that works for you. We're not going to dictate, you know, how it has to be or what it needs to look like. Uh, we do, we take that solution-focused approach, but first and foremost, we take a patient-centered approach. So you don't have to know exactly what it's going to look like. You just have to be willing to show up and partner with us. You know, and that's always the first step. I was just at a uh, getting my toenails done. Uh, it was about two weeks ago, ten thirty in the morning in my town, and this woman just comes charging in there. You know, she's just moved here. For, I think she moved here from uh, Jamaica or something, and uh, she was like, "I'm drinking babies, and I don't care, and don't you all judge me, and this and that." And I just sat there and got my pedicure. I didn't say a word, and she's knocking stuff over, and things are breaking. Very lovely lady. You know, you could tell that she's just a class act, but something obviously wasn't, wasn't right. And then um, she, finally she's sitting next to me, and she says, Honey, why don't you join me for a drink? And I said, I haven't had a drink in nine years. And she said, Well, good for you. And that was the end of the conversation. Do you know that as I started to walk out the door, she came and she chased me down, and she started crying, and she said, how do I get what you've got? Mm-hmm. I, need, wow. I need help. Mm-hmm. And I felt so bad for her. And, you know, she goes, but I only drink wine. I only drink wine. And I said, but do you drink every day? I said, here it is, honey, 1030, and you're hammered. Oh, I drink every day, but I only drink wine. I said, well, I, it's not for me to judge, but it sounds to me like if you go on, online and take this little test, you're probably going to be, you know, an alcoholic. So, make a long story short, gave her my number. I said, you know, only you can help you, but I can help you get to where you need to be if you want it. Mm-hmm. Here's my number. Two weeks ago, has my phone rang? No. Yep. Mm. Right? But sometimes it just takes people a while. They got to find the right fit. They got to be feel welcome. They got to feel like, you know, there is hope. And it sounds like with these services, you know, that you're offering on this outpatient basis, you know, you're headed in the right direction. Really does sound like that. We do. It's we, an exciting time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have. We have. Uh, Jessica's leading this pack, and uh, we have a, a new um, set of staff that's on board to roll out these services. And I know it's easy for me to say that because of my role at the agency, but I have to say I've never been proud of having a more astute clinical team of people who are really dedicated and working with different populations at our outpatient and doing the kinds of things that. Uh, we're excited about doing, and especially with open access. So, you know, it takes it takes one phone call to give us a call, and we will help you and lead you to where you need to be. So uh, I'm hoping that listeners out there will give us a call and reach out and uh, let the staff at our behavioral health centers, you know, help you. Absolutely. And, again, the phone number, jot it down because we're almost out of time, 855 855- 
435-7955. That's 855-435-7955. Or you can go to theconnectioninc.org. Well, Jessica Smith, thank you so much for being here. And again, we encourage people for all the locations, for all of your outpatient services. Um, they are also on the website as well. So wishing you all the best and success. And, um, you know, if, like you said, I haven't heard, that's the first time I've heard that, you know, opioid overdoses are leveling off. That's the first I've heard of that. So it looks like things are heading in the right direction. And let's hope that they keep that. Give us Stay a call. that way. Please, listeners, give us a call. Even if you have questions about someone you love, a friend, give us a call and, and or drop us an email and we're more than we will we always respond immediately. Okay, and thanks again to our mystery listener who just sent us such a nice um, a nice gesture as far as the Dunkin' Donuts um, gift card. I know they obviously wanted to remain anonymous, and that you will. So thank you. And again, Jessica Smith, thank you so much for your time. And as I don't, thank you, uh, Jessica. I don't like to say good luck, you know what I say? Mm. Continued success. <laughs> thank you both. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for tuning in to this edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.